Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Happy Columbus Day, everyone. Uh, the left wants to call it Indigenous People's Day. They just make stuff up, holidays up. It's Columbus Day, so happy Columbus Day. I know you're all triggered out there on the left. As you can tell, I really don't care. Uh, let's go. Brandon tweets breaking out all around the country this week, and I got some of that. I've got a loaded show, also an interview I heard on Fox News that candidly, I I was shocked to the point where I had to put the remote down, turn my eyes to the C- TV and say, did I just hear what I just hear? I covered it on my show this week, and I promise you, you're going to be like, wait, what? Another more deadly virus in Wuhan? Coming up. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. If the show looks a little different, we've upgraded the studio, upgraded the technology. It should sound and look a little better. Having said that, Joe is listening, but we're still working on that connection with Joe. So we will get to that loaded show. Also, the Southwest scenario situation described in real world terms, not leftist spin terms, because you can always count on them to produce Soviet propaganda. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. I'd say, all right, Joe, let's go. But Joe's listening out there, so it's Kenny Bell time. All right, Dan Bongino, Kenny Bell time. Let's go. We haven't used the Kenny Bell in a moment. The only thing is you have to physically stop the Kenny Bell. It'll, it'll uh, ring forever. So just quick before we get into it, here is some video audio of another Let's Go Brandon uh, chant that broke out at the Old Miss Arkansas game this weekend. Let's go, Brandon. Check this out. <laughs> let's go, Brandon Chance, going viral. I hear it's gone global now, which is really good. Uh, let's keep it going. Let's have Brandon continue to go. Well done, folks. All right, getting to the serious stuff. This goes under the title, and I have this written down in words exactly this way. What in Hades did I just hear on Fox this week? So I'm watching this interview, right? And just to be candid, because I owe you that, I'm brushing my teeth in the bathroom, right? I have a little TV to the size, small one. It's not like some mega TV or anything. And I hear this, this doctor on, Dr. Quay, at the, who had written a great op-ed in the Wall Street Journal we had covered earlier in the week. And he's talking about the Wuhan lab and some research they had done on the Wuhan lab where the coronavirus emanated from and what is now confirmed largely to be the lab leak from there. And he's like, hey, there's this other virus. And it was said so casually, I'm not sure the host initially caught on to it. Now, Martha McCallum interviewed the guy later in the week, and she caught on to it. And the doctor who interviewed it to Wuhan Lab, Gee, you heard this, right? Were you not like, I'm not crazy. Honestly, Gee, tell me if I'm nuts. Did you hear this and go like, did he just say that? Yeah, right? Listen to what the doctor says about another virus in the Wuhan Lab they found evidence of, right? It's lethality. And how I think, the, you know, the host just was like, had so much going on. 
Here, just hear this for yourself. Check this out, Dr. Quay. So I think uh, obviously the most important thing is to is we've got sort of gotten through this pandemic in one form or another, but definitely not have another one. So some of the additional work I've done has shown that this very laboratory that I believe was involved with SARS-CoV-2 was working on the Nipah virus, which has an 80 to 90 percent lethality. So in December 2019, they were working on moving, doing genetic synthetic biology with the Nipah virus. This has to stop. Uh, We need to stop doing these kinds of dangerous experiments uh, and figure out how, if we can ever do them again in a proper fashion. I... I covered this on my unfiltered show this weekend on Fox with Pete Hegseth too. So did he just say that? So a well-respected doctor who's done some work on the Wuhan lab where they were producing deadly viruses like the coronavirus and making them more lethal to human beings by adding these furin cleavage sites and other things so they can infect humans more easily was also doing work on another virus called the Nipah, the Nipah virus, N-I-P-A-H. The Nipah virus, which has a lethality rate of, from what I looked up, anywhere from 50 to 80%. I'm leading the show on Monday, despite this being an incredible news weekend, content-wise. What's happening at Southwest. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's really a ton of things. To because I was stunned when I heard that. There's a lab in Wuhan that caused this global pandemic of a virus with a lethality rate, depending on your conditions, of only about 2 to 3%, depending on if you have conditions or not. For kids, it's, it's minuscule. But they're also working on a virus that has a lethality rate of up to 80%. For liberals, that means 80 out of 100 people infected could die or will die. So I had to look this up. I called Matt Palumbo, who writes at my website, and I said, Matt, can you write a piece on this? It's in my newsletter today. Please, please, if you've ever read my newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter, please read this article today. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, today. Can't go back in time. Matt Palumbo, Bongino.com, be in a newsletter. Top scientist lays out case for Wuhan lab leak, warns they may have an even deadlier virus. So I looked this up and decided to do some homework because I'm like, all right, maybe, who knows, maybe he slipped, you know, the left. I mean, I'm not suggesting he's a leftist at all, but, you know, the left and stuff with fear porn, surely they would have taken advantage of this. But no, because it involves their Chinese Communist Party friends. You haven't heard anything about this anywhere outside of Fox. So here's the doctor in a research paper at Cornell University from September 19th of this year, Stephen Quay. That's the doctor you just heard in that clip. Nipah virus vector sequences in COVID-19 patient samples sequenced by the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, I'm not a hysterical guy. You know what my my golden rule about panic, right? Panic kills and don't be a bed hitter with an S in front of it. For those of you who listened to my show for a while, we had an expression in the Secret Service for people who panic because panic always kills. We call them bed hitters with an S in front of it. Don't ever be a bed hitter. But I went out this weekend and kind of stocked up on some stuff. I don't know. I'm not taking any chances anymore. So I looked up the Nipah virus outside of the research and did some more homework on it, NIPAH. And here's a BBC article about Nipah, the other virus that worries Asia. Quote, there are several reasons Nipah is so sinister. 
The disease's long incubation period, reportedly as long as 45 days in one case, means there's ample opportunity for an infected host, unaware that they're even ill with it, to spread it around. It can infect a wide range of animals, making the possibility of it spreading more likely. And it can be caught either through direct contact or by consuming contaminated food. Someone with Nipah virus may experience respiratory symptoms, including a cough, sore throat, aches, and fatigue, and encephalitis. Well, that sounds bad. A swelling of the brain, which can cause seizures and death. Safe to say it's a disease the WHO would like to prevent from spreading. You think? Folks, how are we letting this Wuhan lab uh, continue to do this? How is the WHO, how is this not priority number one? They have found sequences of this Nipah virus in the same lab that caused this last global plague. This would make this global plague look like a romper room episode. How is this lab continuing to exist without global international pressure to shut this thing down? I can't believe we're reporting on this Nipah virus. You know, it's Monday, October 11th. Had a look at the date. I am praying, I mean that, praying that this story is relegated to the dustbin of history and that two or three years from now, somebody looks back and goes, ah, remember Dan Bongino talking about that Nipah virus crazy thing? What a nut. That would be the best day ever in my life. Not kidding. Well, read the story at Bongino.com. Please, it's here in the newsletter today. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please check it out. Open the newsletter. Read the story. All right, moving on because I got a lot to get to. Uh, folks, what's happening in Southwest? It reminds me of something we've talked about a lot on this show. Remember the dancing guy video? I'm going to play it in the middle, uh, play it coming up and it, with some commentary by a guy by the name of Derek Sivers. Uh, it's The dancing guy video is a video played often in leadership schools. I saw it in a political training class I took it for activism one day, kind of like a training seminar how to get people involved in politics. You see this video, if you haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to watch the whole thing. I'll get to it in a minute because it relates to what's happening with Southwest. If you haven't heard, here's a CNBC article concerning uh, Southwest and what happened this weekend with mass cancellations. Southwest Airlines cancels 1,800 flights. Didn't even know they had 1,800 flights. Blaming weather and staffing, which is interesting because the weather around the country was actually quite nice this weekend. And you would think if weather was causing mass cancellations at Southwest, you would think the weather would cause mass cancellations with other airlines as well, which are flying over the same United States and through the same weather. But that didn't seem to happen, which I would call really, really weird. So why is it that Southwest seems to be canceling all these flights and feeling pain right now? Well, what's been going around on social media and elsewhere, I cannot directly confirm it, but reputable sources have assured me it's happening. So I'm putting it out there because it's newsworthy is that pursuant to the vaccine mandate, there's been a mass job action at Southwest and people are not showing up to work. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing is going to change on this planet without sacrifice. Traveling is not easy. I certainly don't wish ill on travelers out there who are just trying to get home. I travel all the time. It sucks. I hate traveling. I hate commercial air flight. It is one of the worst. Gee, can you not vouch for me? I, I, I don't live a really... Uh, extravagant lifestyle. The one thing I pay money for is to get around commercial air flight because I hate it that much. But folks, nothing's going to change with this country for freedom and liberty and turn the tide against the vaccine mandate quicker. 
than people jumping out there and leading from the front. And if the story is true, it's been reported by many about some kind of a job action at Southwest as people call in sick in protest of the vaccine mandate. I think you're seeing the beginning of a mass movement in the United States to start to, to, start to take this country back. Everyone's going to take it on the chin a little bit. I wish there were an easy answer here. There is not. This fight is going to come to your door. It is only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. You can't avoid it. You can't avoid the door knock. The knock to take away your freedom and liberty is coming at your door eventually. Maybe not literally, figuratively in many cases, in some cases, literally. Something's got to change. And the numbers don't work for them. There are 333 million of us. There are a fraction of them. Big business, government, and big tech. A small fraction. We win. We have the numbers. They don't. If this is a job action, you are going to see this change things if we have other followers. Now, I'm going to make a controversial point here, not because it's controversial, but because it's often misunderstood. Leadership is, in fact, overrated. What? What do you mean leadership? You're always telling us, Dan, where the leaders we've been waiting for. Exactly. Sometimes leadership is following. I do now you're confusing us. No, I'm not trying to. Sometimes leading is following someone else's example. But being a leader in your community where you saw an example somewhere else in another community, you take on that leadership role there. Leadership and following are not necessarily disparate items when, it's in, when it involves a movement and a cause. Here's what I mean. I want you to watch this video. I've played it before. It's a famous video. Again, it's played all the time in leadership schools. It's a guy dancing at a music festival. What you're going to hear if you're listening on podcasts only is you'll hear the music festival in the background just to paint a little picture for you. It's a guy doing some crazy dance. He's by himself. People are kind of laughing at him a little bit. You know, uh, you know, 30 seconds go by. A guy jumps up and starts dancing with him. So now there's two of them dancing like crazy. The guy dancing with him welcomes the, first, the second guy dancing crazy. Then all of a sudden, a third person joins in. Then you have the first follower and the second follower. And then when the first and second follower are welcomed by the first leader doing the crazy dance, you're going to see the entire festival get up and create a mass movement like that right in front of your very eyes. Listen to the commentary in the background. You can see his full video on his YouTube channel. It's Derek Sivers. But this is worth your time because sometimes following is leading. Sometimes they're one and the same. Check this out. If the leader is the flint, the first follower is the spark that really makes the fire. Now here's the second follower. This is a turning point. It's proof the first has done well. Now it's not a lone nut, and it's not two nuts. Three is a crowd, and a crowd is news. A movement must be public. Make sure outsiders see more than just the leader. Everyone needs to see the followers, because new followers emulate followers, not the leader. Now here come two more people, then three more immediately. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point, and now we have a movement. As more people jump in, it's no longer risky. If they were on the fence before, there's no reason not to join in now. They won't stand out, they won't be ridiculed, and they will be part of the in-crowd if they hurry. Folks, what do I tell you all the time about movements? Movements against cancel culture, which I'll get to next. Cultural movements. That once 51% of the people find out, find out because they didn't know. They didn't know because everybody was quiet. I don't want to speak out against cancel culture. If not, I'll get canceled. But you know your neighbor hates PC, political correctness, and cancel culture. You know it. He just won't say anything. Once you find out that you're part of the 51% because people start to speak out 
and that the cancel culture people, the crazy people, the mandate people, the anti-liberty and freedom people, the vaccine mandate people, once you find out, excuse me, that they are the 49% and you are the majority, a movement starts with momentum. Please watch that video on my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino. The video podcast today is critical. I know you heard it, but I'd like you to watch it. Watch what happens. Three lessons to take away from the Dancing Guy video highlighted by this guy, Derek. One, nurture the first followers. Make them feel welcome. Don't make the movement about you. We're not grifters here. That's a leftist Oliver Darcy thing. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. That's a leftist phenomenon. Don't be grifters. The movement isn't about you. It's about the movement. So when the dancer, the first dancer, Dancing Crazy, sees the first guy join in, he doesn't say, hey, sit down. I want all the attention on me. He welcomes him. He celebrates him. He's watched the video. He's like, hey, this is great. They start dancing together. And then when the third dancer comes in to join the second dancer, but who's the first follower? The second follower, but the third dancer, he feels welcome too as they both welcome him in. And now a fourth guy comes in and they all welcome him. Next thing you know, you have six, 10, 20, and then the whole festival is dancing. Lesson number one, nurture the followers. Don't make it about you. Lesson two, which kind of segues from lesson number one, nurture the followers because it keeps it about the movement, not about you. Don't tell the followers, oh, sit down. I want the camera on me. We don't. We want the camera on everyone. So to the Southwest employees, if you are in fact doing this, you are heroes. To the rest of the working community out there, stand up too. Stand up. I've already made my position absolutely crystal clear on these mandates. I will not comply. I don't care what happens. I will not comply with vaccine mandates. I'm not doing it. I've already made it clear on this show publicly. Nurture your followers. Be public about it. That's part of lesson number two as well. Nurture the followers. Uh, It's always about the movement, never about you. And be public. Celebrate the followers publicly because they are leaders too. Third lesson. The followers are critical. Find them everywhere. Find them throughout the crowd. Keep everyone. Find them throughout the country. Go out and seek them. Tell them they're not alone. Let them know that communication's key. I guess that's the way to sum up uh, lesson number three. How to communicate with the followers. Go find them. There are people out there who are quiet because they still think they're in the minority. They are not. You are the 51%. They are the 49%. They will only know that if you communicate that with them and show them you are the 51%. Nurture the followers. Be public about the following. Be public, show, do a public show of appreciation for the followers, followers. And three, communicate with them to let them know they are not alone. They're not alone. That's the way to create a movement. This video is taught in leadership schools all over the place. It's shown out there. It's out there. Folks, you're seeing this right now in the cancel culture wars. This applies not just the Southwest and the vaccine mandates, but the cancel culture wars as well, where people that I'm telling you the tide is turning. This is an inherently cannibalistic movement. I'm going to get to that in a second with a candidate for Congress, Dave Chappelle, Bill Maher, and what happened with a rap song this weekend. Very important show today. You are the 51%. You are the 51%. They are in the minority. I promise you. 
With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So back to the culture. Oh, sorry, I just heard something in my. Ear. That was me. Back to the culture war. Uh, the culture war. That was you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's very echoey because he's there. I thought I wasn't sorry, lying. man. But we're still trying to figure out. We had some kind of hiccup. No, no, that's all right, buddy. You're part of the show. Always. The culture war. You are the fifty-one percent. This is like the followers needed in the anti-liberty uh, the war against the anti-liberty crowd with the vaccine mandates. You are the 51%. You may have heard the controversy over Dave Chappelle's new show. It's a fake controversy. He's a comedian. They tried to cancel Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle went out at another event after his, his, uh, his comedy thing that, that I saw it on Netflix. It's very funny, right? And he said, if this is what canceled feels like, I love it. And he got a big round of applause. You are the 51%. Bill Maher's been red-pilling the left for a while, too. Here, showing you how the tide is turning. I haven't heard of this guy, but I heard of him now. High Res the Rapper. He says on his Twitter account, wow, number one most purchased rap song today. Thank you so much. Keep it at number one. Please grab a copy on iTunes if you can. The people have spoken. They want freedom-loving music. This is, and look who's number two. Tom McDonald. The other guys who've been rapping and singing about freedom and liberty against these mandates. We, I'm telling you the tide is turning. What's that? He loves to see it. Joel loves to see love it. it. I love to see it because I love freedom and liberty. Even echoey Joe says, yes, I'm down. <laughs> this is great. We are turning the tide. I'm telling you, we are the 51%. We're communicating. We're nurturing new followers. We just got to keep the damn grifters out. That's the problem. Just a quick story before I get to my next speaking of grifters. I need a little comic relief in the middle of the show. CNN clip is just classic. But I want to welcome to Rumble. You know, I'm an equity stakeholder in Rumble, the free speech alternative to the communists at YouTube. Joe Kent for Congress. Terrific candidate, veteran out of Washington State running for Congress. He was banned from YouTube for speaking the truth because YouTube is full of commies, disgusting filth at YouTube. So what did we do? We welcomed him right over to Rumble. Joe Kent for Congress. Go to his Rumble account, follow him, watch his videos, and again, show ScrewTube where the 51%, and they are the commies in the minority. Welcome, Joe Kent. I'll highlight that on my radio show. Jim, maybe we should get him on the radio show this week. Maybe Thursday or Friday. I'm working on it. I got Bill Malugin on my radio show today about the stunning footage of the border wall rotting and not being built. We bought it and it's sitting there rusting in the desert. He's coming up on my radio show later. All right. You need on a serious show like today about Nipah virus and, and, and protest activity against vaccine mandates and cancel culture. Sometimes you need a little comic relief. I mean, it is Monday. I don't want to hit you with all this at one time. And always there to provide it is CNN and the, the, uh, their resident clown, uh, court jester, Oliver Darcy, one of the probably one of the biggest clowns on TV. He doesn't rate in our dopey talking head Olympics because CNN doesn't have him on enough to count. So nobody really knows who he is. 
But I know Darcy. I know people who know Darcy. He's a lifelong grifter. He pretended to be a conservative so he could grift and make money. People who knew him told me he was a total loser, a scrub and a zero. That's why he that's why he couldn't hack it anywhere he wanted. So where do scrubs and zeros get welcomed? Of course, over at CNN. They love scrubs and zeros. So here's a little bit of comic relief. Here's grifter Oliver Darcy on talking about on CNN about how we really got to do something about these misinformation conspiracy theory people. Keep in mind, he's saying this on CNN. The PP hoax network, the Hunter Biden emails or Russian disinformation network, the Wuhan lab leak is a conspiracy theory network. This clown, this joker grifter loser is actually saying this on CNN without a hint of irony. Watch this. I think we're finally starting to have a conversation about the companies behind the scenes that allow outlets like OAN to profit off of lies. Uh, we talked about this earlier this week, like you said, with Facebook and how that platform allows for the spread of misinformation and conspiracy theories. But it's also good that we're talking about it in the realm of television because uh, an outlet like OAN would not be allowed to spread this sort of hate and, and wackiness to millions of homes, if not for a company like AT&T that's choosing to do business with them and, frankly, enable and platform them. Uh, and, Jake, this is important because we've seen the damage that these crazy conspiracy theories can do, whether it's regarding the big lie in January 6th or, or vaccines and, and the coronavirus pandemic. These uh, lies are corrosive to our country. They're damaging to our democracy, and they're being enabled uh, by companies like AT&T. The, the, the hilarious part about this thing is, one, the guy's probably the biggest grifter on television, seriously, Oliver Darcy, on TV, anywhere. I mean, a noted loser. Everyone who's known this guy laughs and mocks him because he's such a buffoon. But that's not the funny part, right? The funny part about this thing is he's criticizing AT&T. There was some story in Reuters about some business tie to OAN, the conservative network. Yet AT&T has a known business tie with CNN that nobody watches. We have more viewers on a Saturday night on Fox than CNN has on in primetime and trust in the media down to like what? 10% or less. He's, he doesn't like, he never makes the connection. I'm a grifter. Nobody's watching me. My network makes up conspiracy theories. No one trusts us. And we're losing in the market of ideas. And what does he do? He's blaming conservatives at OAN. Like, it's right in front of his face, this grifter loser. And he doesn't even get the answer. Here, by the way, from the old Leadership Institute, is a quick bio of this career-long grifter zero, Oliver Darcy. Oliver Darcy is the editor of, editor of digital media at the Leadership Institute's campusreform.org. That was a conservative outlet where he's tasked with reporting on waste, fraud, and abuse taking place on our nation's college campuses. Additionally, he's responsible for editing the website's content and graphic design. Prior to joining the Leadership Institute, Oliver founded ExposingLeftist.com. A video-driven website dedicated to exposing the inherent failures found at the core of liberal philosophies. <laughs> Keep it up, folks, on the left. Keep following a network with no viewers, a media that nobody trusts because of grifters like Oliver Darcy. Yeah. Again, your comic relief for the day. I mean, right? Seriously. I mean, what a clown. I'm sorry you fell for this guy's buffoonery. So just quickly, before I get to another stunning story about the uh, 
break in the Spygate case. Remember that tech executive? Oh, we got a little nugget on that, baby. That's coming up, too. But this is a perfect explanation for my golden rule so you can better understand the left, right? Understanding the left, you have to understand first this axiomatic truth about the left when dealing with them. Because it, they don't like you. They don't care about your ideas. I don't mean this to sound painful or rude. It's the truth. Debating a leftist on ideas is useless. They don't care about your ideas. They're not interested. They just hate you. We think liberals are bad, uh, have, are people with bad ideas. They think conservatives are bad people with ideas. Therefore, arguing on the ideas is useless. So why do it? Because not everyone, thankfully, not even every Democrat is a liberal. And when you're debating them on TV or in public or elsewhere, there's always a third person listening. That's the person you're trying to convince. The liberal is lost. Here's why they think you're a bad person with ideas, but they don't actually know your ideas. That's why they think you're a bad person. Great article in the Washington Examiner. It'll be in the show notes. It's worth your time. Why don't liberals know what conservatives believe? They talk about these two recent tweets. One of them I highlighted last week, but I want to cover again. By liberal lunatics who tweeted out these things that are supposed to be insults to conservatives, and yet it's exactly what conservatives think, and they just didn't know. Here's one of them by Julia Ioff, who worked at the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Atlantic, and a bunch of other kooky liberal outlets. So she tweeted last week, this is hilarious. Notice how she calls pro-lifers anti-choice, by the way, because she's a hack and a loser. Julie Ioff tweets, if you are anti-choice and you want to make sure women carry every pregnancy to term, why not make the person who created the pregnancy contribute? <laughs> why not have men pay child support to the women they impregnate? Surely it's not the women's responsibility alone. Guys, um, dude, does, <laughs> does she not realize that is the conservative position? That's like arguing. Why don't you conservatives actually argue for tax cuts, claiming individuals spending their own money would grow the economy? Are you an idiot? That is the conservative position, you dunce. This is, you see my point? Julia Ioff thinks you're a really awful, genuinely bad person who's anti-choice and hates women, but has no idea what you actually believe about life, supporting pregnant women. She has no idea. That is exactly the conservative position. Why don't you guys believe in supporting women you impregnate? Yes. Yes, thank you. Agreed. Are you guys this stupid all the time? Or is it just a weekend thing? All the time, Guy says. Here's the second one we covered last week. From the 1690, widely ridiculed 1690 Project. A, a, just a disgrace to quote history. It was a 1690 project was Nicole Hannah Jones's project, right? It's nonsense. As the United States is only about slavery and this is our foundational thing. And, you know, just, just this whole thing's just crap. Everybody's been laughing at it because it's so stupid. But she tweeted out, remember this one? Why do school choice advocates never advocate eliminating school district boundaries and funding schools by local property tax and allowing poor black students to attend white wealthy schools in neighboring municipalities? They don't really want choice, just privatization. <laughs> this is exactly what conservatives believe about school choice. This idiot, Hannah Jones, Nicole Hannah Jones, doesn't even know that. Again, just like Julia Ioff, she believes you are evil people who hate women and minorities. 
So because they believe that, they assume things about you that mean you're a bad person. You don't want black kids to go to good schools. You want women to suffer alone if they've been impregnated by someone who doesn't want to take care of the baby. None of that's true. You see, Mike, they are programmed, just like Yuri Bezmenov said. They are programmed. Do you see what I mean? Where we understand the liberal position? Because although we don't like them, we view their ideas and we challenge them. We think they're people with bad ideas. Liberals do not feel the same way. They are stupid. I'm sorry, but they are stupid people. Dan, you're going to insult them. I don't care. They're stupid. The evidence is everywhere. They are really stupid. They don't know anything about you. They assume you're a racist. You don't like women. So they don't even bother to ask you, hey, are you a racist and do you not like women? No. What are you, crazy? What's in that pipe? What do you want, smoking crack in it? It's not tobacco. I know nothing. I know they don't and anything ever. And they're pr- it's not just that they don't know. They're proud of it. Here's the third takeaway <laughs> from this Washington Examiner piece. Here's an actual study proving my point that liberals are idiots. A 2018 study asked 2,100 adults to identify what they believed about a wide range of political issues. And then here's the kicker. They asked them to estimate what people in the other political party believed about the same issues. Simple question. Hey, conservatives, what do liberals think? Hey, liberals, what do conservatives think? Here's what the study found. Proving my point that liberals are idiots. Empirical evidence of liberal idiocy. The study found that centrists and those not interested in politics did much better at estimating what the other party believed than politically involved partisans. (laughs) Meaning if you're not involved in politics at all, you have a better idea of of what the conservatives are thinking. It says, but while a person's level of education made no difference when Republicans estimated what Democrats believe, listen to this one. The more time Democrats spent in school, the worse they did at identifying what Republicans believe. Again, you are not wasting your time here. What are our two axiomatic truths out of our 10 plus golden rules? Number one, liberals think you are bad people with ideas. Not people with bad ideas. Proof. But what's the second one I've told you about often? Often. They don't even get pet. It, it, they don't even get past the debate. It's an emotion-based argument because they are so fully invested in hating conservatives. It's an emotion. They don't even bother to ask what you think. And it proves the point that the schools have become exclusively indoctrination factories. And what have I told you about over the last few weeks? Who are the most dangerous people in the world? You know. Come on. You know. You listen to the show. Yes. Stupid, smart people. They're smart. Air quotes. They went to school. And the more they go to school, Democrats, the dumber they get. Proving they are fully invested in emotion, not in fact. Stupid, smart people are the most dangerous people on the planet, and that is the modern liberal. Yeah. Yeah, what is that? What you mean? I don't know. What is it? <laughs> he's talking about Thomas Sowell. Or he's, uh, how, uh, the road to ruination in a nation is through the Ivy League diplomas. Another one, William F. Buckley, too. He'd rather be ruled by the first, what, 400 names in the phone book than people in D.C. It's true. He's laughing, but it's true. Here, just doubling down on my point that the the stupid, smart people in the Democrat Party are the most dangerous people on planet Earth. 
They know nothing about you at all. They just hate you already without knowing a damn thing about you. There was an excellent article in Politico this week, uh, otherwise known as Bull Hitico, right? But it's a good article. Shocking. Even a blind squirrel gets a nut. It talks about the Democrats' privileged college kid problem. It talks about a guy we've mentioned on the show before, a political analyst, David Shore, who's a leftist, who's been warning the Democrats, your party's being run by morons. Here, he say, at its most basic, here's Shore's theory. Although young people as a whole turn out to vote at a lower rate than the general population, the young people, the aforementioned type of young person, is actually overrepresented in the Democrat Party. According to Shore, Shore, S-H-O-R, look him up. The problem with this permanent class of young Democratic staffers is that they tend to hold views that are both more liberal and ideologically motivated than the coveted median voter. And yet they yield a significant amount of influence over Democrat Party messaging and policy decisions. Let me translate that for you. Liberals don't know anything. The more educated a liberal is, the dumber they are and the less they know about the population of the United States and what they're thinking. And the more educated they are, the more they find themselves in Democrat politics where they actually control the messaging, which is a downward spiral of stupid. It is the vortex of dumb I have talked about from the beginning of the show that liberals live in. Loaded show today, as I told you. Okay. Uh, you know what? Let's get to thrill of victory. Uh, this, we had a little comic relief before with that grifter, Oliver Darcy. But I wanted to, you know, make you feel a little good on a Monday, too. My daughter talks like that. How do you feel? I, I said, uh, she was so cute, right? The eyes of a child. My daughter's nine. She was sick about a month and a half ago. And I see her on a Monday. You know when they have the sniffles and those puppy dog eyes? And she, I could tell she wasn't, but she didn't want to make me feel bad. And I said to her, Amelia, you know, how are you feeling? She knew I was, like, devastated the whole weekend. She was really sick. And she had felt a little better by Monday. And she said, I feel a little good, Daddy. Ah, oh, man, warm my heart. I love those kids. Speaking of parents, unintentional segue there. Kind of got off topic. But talk about the thrill of victory. Uh, did you watch the Texas A&M game this weekend? I hope not. You were watching unfiltered, I hope. my show. <laughs> I get it. Texas A&M, huge upset over at University of Alabama college football game. But uh, Texas A&M, the punter, Seth Small, um, excuse me, the kicker, they kicked a field goal to win the game. Uh, just watch this. Watch this on my rumble. This is just talk about the thrill of victory here. Watch Seth Small's family as they're just getting ready for this kick about to happen. Big, uh, probably the biggest upset in college football I've seen at this level in a long time. Texas A&M uh, defeating Alabama. Watch the family's re re reaction. This is amazing. Check this out. You know, there's nothing like that. That's why I'm so mad at a lot of these professional sports and these wokeitarians, you know, that they've stolen from me the collective energy of a crowd and the elation of being involved with a sporting event like that and being able to see it. I, I really, I, I, it's why I, I revile you in professional sports for destroying that part of my life. Really, I, I, I'm disgusted by you all. Can't just let us enjoy the entertain, entertainment and that thrill of victory again. Watch that video, folks. Please watch the Rumble video today. It's worth your time. That's a really cool moment. Good for uh, Seth Small and his family. That was, uh, it was an amazing, uh, amazing game. 
Not that I saw it. Unfiltered was happening, but I did see some of the highlights. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. And then I want to get to an article I teased on Friday, which is incredible. A Real Clear Investigations article. Remember that tech executive that was accused of assisting uh, in spying on the Trump operation through his tech company and a college? And I said to you, I kind of knew who it was, but it's important for me to be right, not to be first. Well, there's a great article this weekend pointing to some strong evidence that we've identified who the tech executive is. And it's really disturbing stuff. Our last sponsor today, Relief Band. This product was a uh, lifesaver for me. I went through some stuff with nausea and, you know, I was sick for a while and uh, got through it. Uh, thankfully, due to Relief Band, that's why I was ecstatic to have them on my show as a sponsor. You know, chemo sucks. It gets you really sick. And uh, something that got me through it is Relief Band. You just put it on, two buttons. You turn it on and you just turn it up or turn it down right there. It really can't get any simpler. Well, how does Relief Band work? Well, Relief Band first are the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband. It's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines. That's why my wife wears it. You can see we use this thing a lot. Hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy for me, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, provides all natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. For me, it worked right away. You just literally turn it on. That was it. And seconds later, I felt better. The technology was developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients. But now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. How does it work? Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to the stomach telling you you're sick. It's that simple. Relief Band is the only, only over-the-counter wearable device that's been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. Ensure nausea is never the reason to miss out on life's important moments. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Dan Bongino show listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. Head to reliefband.com. That's reliefband.com. Go today and use our promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, for 20% off. Thanks, Relief Band, for everything. You know what I mean? All right, Paul Sperry just knocks it out of the park, folks, in this piece in Real Clear Investigations. It's in the newsletter today. The newsletter, it's critical you read it. Between the Nipah virus and this, there's a ton of content in there. The, and also the uh, left doesn't know us, but we know them article. The headline of the article is Durham probes Pentagon computer contractors an anti-Trump conspiracy. Let me give you the bottom line up front. The indictment of the Clinton-connected lawyer for setting up Donald Trump with the collusion hoax, right? Michael Sussman had some unbelievable nuggets in there. One of them was about a tech executive and a university alleged to have assisted in framing Donald Trump for a fake conspiracy. The fake conspiracy was obviously that he colluded with the Russians. He did not. But that a computer in Trump Tower was talking to a computer in Russia connected to Alpha Bank. And that's how Trump was communicating. The story's totally made up. But... There was an allegation in there that a tech executive was involved in it. Well, Paul Sperry, through his reporting, appears to have identified this tech executive. He says, quote, a powerful and influential player in the tech world, this Rodney Jaffe, tasked a group of computer contractors connected to Georgia Tech with finding anything in Internet data that would link Trump to Russia and make the Democrat VIPs, quote, happy. According to an email Jaffe sent in August of 2016 to researchers, 
Uh, that's what he said, to make the VIPs happy. The next month, the group accused Trump of maintaining a secret back channel through that connection I just told you about. These accusations were later determined to be false by the FBI, Mueller, the DOJ inspector general, and a Senate intel report. You tracking this? This tech executive, Jaffe, who's alleged in this reporting by Paul Sperry to be the guy in the indictment, the tech executive, again, according to the indictment, who is alleged to have helped them create this back channel from Trump Tower to Alpha to communicate that's fake. What the hell was a tech executive doing? To what was his motivation? Why was Georgia Tech alleged to have helped this out? Why did this happen? Well, it goes on. Follow the money here, folks. What about the connection between Rodney Jaffe, the tech executive, Jake Sullivan, who's Joe Biden's current national security advisor, and Merrick Garland, the AG? Follow the money. Follow the money. Jerry Maguire style. Show me the money. Show me the money. Okay, here we go. Here's a connection from Paul Sperry's piece. Read this sucker. One of the campaign representatives with whom Jaffe, Jaffe coordinated, he's the tech executive, was Jake Sullivan, Biden's current national security advisor, who at the time was acting as Clinton's foreign policy advisor. Now serving in the White House as President Biden's national security advisor, Sullivan's under scrutiny for statements he made under oath to Congress about his knowledge of the Trump Alpha Research Project, which I'll add is a fake. Peace goes on. In a potential conflict of interest, Attorney General Merrick Garland employed Sullivan's wife, Maggie, as a law clerk when he was a federal judge. <laughs> what? Garland controls the purse strings to Durham's investigation and whether his final report will be released to the public. So uh, just to be clear here, so I'm not missing anything. So this tech executive who's alleged to have worked with the Clinton campaign to frame Donald Trump for a fake computer connection to Russia, was working with Jake Sullivan from the Hillary Clinton campaign, who's now Biden's national security advisor, and the current attorney general responsible for funding this probe into Clinton shenanigans, that he had a relationship with Jake Sullivan's wife, an employment relationship there? Folks, I wrote a book on this called Follow the Money for a Reason. If the Attorney General shuts this thing down, he should be investigated immediately, immediately. This man has, this is the most failed Attorney General in modern times, and that's saying a lot considering we had a deal with Eric Holder. Now, what is going on with Georgia Tech? Why is Georgia Tech, the university, alleged to have been involved in this? According to Paul Sperry's piece, he writes, meanwhile, the Georgia Tech researchers, who again, in the report were, were um, alleged to have been working with uh, Rodney Jaffe, the tech executive, to find these connections between Trump Tower and Alpha, which didn't exist. He says the Georgia Tech researchers were vying for a $17 million Pentagon contract to research cybersecurity, which they landed in November of 2016, federal documents show. Show me the money. Remember, Jerry? Show me the money. Show me the money. Government funding in hand, 
They continued mining non-public data on Trump after he took office. So not only are we talking about showing you the money, now we're talking about mining non-public data on the now president of the United States, who was then president of the United States, President Donald Trump. They were doing this, by the way, as Sussman Sullivan and other former Clinton campaign officials renewed their effort to connect Trump to Alpha Bank, despite the fact that there was no effort. I mean, there was no connection between Trump and Alpha Bank. So who's this April Lorenzen to? Oh, this gets better. Identified as originator one in the Durham indictment, she, April Lorenzen, like her colleague, Jaffe, who's the tech executive, according to this report here, is a key subject of the investigation and faces a host of legal issues. Emails the investigators uncovered reveal that Lorenzen, it's April Lorenzen, Lorenzen, discussed faking internet traffic with the Georgia Tech researchers, although the context of her remarks are unclear. Prosecutors suggested Lorenzen was trying to create an inference of Trump-Russia communications from DNS data that wasn't there. Folks, they have been lying to us the whole time. Now we know collusion was a hoax. We know the PP tape was a hoax. We know the Michael Cohen in Prague was a hoax. We know the Democrats being hacked by the Russians, the DNC, was likely a hoax. There's no evidence of an exfiltration, according to the people who looked at it. And now we know the Trump Alpha Bank computer connection, not only was it a possible hoax, but may in fact have been faked the whole time to frame the President of the United States. It's only the biggest scandal of our time. Thank you very much, Paul Sperry, for putting together this piece. Now, on this last part, was the information, in fact, faked? In other words, the DNS data showing that Trump Tower communicated with Alpha Bank in Russia, was this fake? Was this even real? Here, the last piece of Paul Sperry's uh, wonderful piece here. Alpha Bank, which also operates in the U.S., commissioned two studies that found the DNS data compiled by Jaffe and his computer operatives were formatted differently than the bank's actual DNS logs. And one study posited that the DNS activity may have been artificially created. I had Sarah Carter on my Fox show, I don't know what it was, three or four weeks ago, forgive me. She had hinted that she had some information from a source indicating exactly this. That President Trump and then candidate Trump may have been framed the entire time. Keep in mind, let me sum this up for you, how devastating this information is. The current attorney general may be connected or is connected to the family member of the current national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, who may have been in, if this information is accurate, on a conspiracy between the tech industry, the Clinton campaign, Jake Sullivan and others to frame candidate Donald Trump and then President Trump for communicating with a Russian bank and created the communications because they didn't even exist. You understand how this is the biggest scandal of our time? There's not even a close second. Folks, please read the piece. It's a long one. It's in Real Clear Investigations. It's in my newsletter today. There's going to be more on this in the days ahead and the weeks ahead as we find out again that even the theory that the DNC was hacked by the Russians, it was all made up. The media, Darcy, CNN, all these scammers ran with a story that was actually a story about Democrats framing the president of the United States, not an actual conspiracy with Russia.
All right, folks, I appreciate you tuning in. Don't miss the show later. Uh, we got Bill Malugin coming on about the border crisis. There are piles and piles of steel fencing and wall sitting there at the southern border rusting as we pay $5 million a day not to build a wall to stop people from coming in the country. We'll talk to him about that. And I'm trying to get David Asher, who um, also was involved with the scientists about the Nipah virus on the show later in the week. Don't miss it. This Nipah virus thing. Uh, call me crazy. I'm a little bit anxious about that. You should be too. Check out my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino and the newsletter. We really appreciate it. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.